0: They don't like light they don't like fellowship they don't like anything you know that normal people would depressed people like to be aloof they want to be they want to cut off from everything and they're only focused on their problem but the Bible says let the redeemed say say so you can never win your battles with your mouth shut come on talk to me somebody you can never overcome that hopeless situation. You can never win over those hopeless situations or challenges that you're facing with your mouth shut. God has given you a weapon. Employ that weapon. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say, let the weak say, let the weak say, let the depressed say, I'm encouraged. Amen. Come on. Because... We hope against hope. We believe in something. We don't believe in the waves. We believe in the one that controls and has the power over the waves. We, we believe in a God that has power over the spirit that is the reason for the waves. Somebody say amen. Now you've got to be encouraged this morning. I don't care what you're facing in life. You didn't come to church just for entertainment. You came so that you can have, receive some faith. You can receive some hope. You can receive some encouragement. You can walk away from this place encouraged, built up in your faith and with new hope surging through you and flowing through your blood stream and you're just going, you know, pouncing and going against the forces of darkness realizing I'm a winner and not not a loser. I'm an overcomer. Amen? God rewards the overcomers. You cannot overcome something if there is nothing to overcome. Did you think about that? You cannot overcome something if there's nothing to overcome. So you need, there are challenges that will come. There are situations that will arise. Something unexpected will happen. You'll wake up good, but something may happen immediately after that. Don't be worried. Don't be perturbed. Don't be perturbed by bad news. God can change everything around in your favor. But He needs us to cooperate with Him. How do I cooperate with God? I have to use the elements that God has given me. I've got to use my mouth. I've got to use my tongue. I've got to speak what God says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you are facing challenges that you need God to intervene? Put your hands up. I I want all those here that are in this area to put your hands down. Anybody at the back who needs some God intervention? Put your hand, wave at me. Why were you not here at eight o'clock in the morning james chapter 5 please listen to me i'm not i'm not trying to hit you please don't misunderstand i'm not here trying to scold you i'm not here trying to get you know uh, to uh, express my anger i have a passion inside me i want to see you delivered i want to see you set free i want you to be healed i want you to be an overcomer. that's the reason i'm speaking with such veracity because you know because i want the I want you to understand that the God that we worship has the power to deliver you and heal you and bless you. James chapter 5, I think it's verse 13, please. Go there and let me see if I'm right. Is any... Everybody read with me. Is any among you afflicted? Is any among you afflicted? What are we supposed to do? Let him pray. Let him pray. This is not an option. This is a direction. He didn't say let him pray if he feels like no the way to overcome that affliction the way to conquer that affliction is by praying but the situation is because of the depression you don't know what to pray the bible says we do not know what we ought to pray but thank god for the holy spirit Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Because he helpeth us in our infirmities to pray the perfect will of God. Say, Amen. Hallelujah. The perfect will of God. Cut this sound a little bit down. Perfect will of God. God knows how I... I need to cooperate with the holy spirit i need to yield my tongue i need to yield myself and say lord i don't know what i'm praying but i know you're leading me to pray the right prayer in the midst of that trial i'm going to open myself up i know that you want me to win in this battle so i'm going to open my mouth and i'm going to pray hallelujah i'm going to pray i don't know what but i'm going to pray in tongues Hallelujah. Every Friday I ask you to come early. Why? You're facing challenges. It's not because it's not just for me. I'm I'm calling forth and I'm I'm coming here early so I can pray with you and help you overcome your problems. Come on, talk to me somebody. I'm asking you to come early at 8 o'clock in the morning because we can pray. And I'm trying to inculcate that habit so that you can carry it and you can carry that through the week and you begin to be a people of prayer because when you're afflicted, what are you supposed to do? Shout somebody. You're not just dissipating energy when you're talking tongues. You're engaging with the Holy Spirit God in the realm of the Spirit to overcome your opponent. To overcome and be a winner in the battles that you face in life. So you need to understand the importance of praying in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say Amen. You cannot truly comprehend the power of prayer. You got to get involved and start praying. I want to encourage you, don't drop your prayer life. If something is coming around in your life that is causing you to reduce the amount of time you pray, it's an attack from the enemy. Prayer strengthens your walk with God. Prayer makes you more sensitive to the things of God. Your your sensitiveness, your discernment, your perception become sharper. And you begin to pick up things in the Spirit. But you have to graduate from the prayers called petition prayers. Most Christians are still at the level of petition prayers. Petition prayers are important and they're good. But you can never grow in the Lord and you can never grow spiritually if your prayers are only limited to petitioning to God for needs. So we got to go beyond praying for needs. we got to go into a prayer of transformation. Prayer for transformation and then prayer for edification. Prayer is the place and the platform where God begins to work in me and through me. God begins to change me and mold me. God begins to mature me and give me greater understanding and illumination in the things of the spirit. Because it's only the man that is spiritual that can understand the word of God. Because the, the spirit, if you're not spiritual, you can never comprehend the things of the Spirit. They're actually foolishness to the natural man. That's what the Bible says. So the more I pray in the Holy Ghost, the more I get attuned into the Spirit of God, and I can become more aware of what the Lord is saying, and I have better understanding of what the Bible says. Say Amen. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah. As good as it is and as important as it is to come to church every Sunday, every Friday, it does not take the place of having your own good prayer life. You need to come to church because you should not neglect the fellowshipping of the saints together. That's one of the requirements of your spiritual life. This is what the Bible says. Because lack of fellowship will deplete you in your spiritual walk with God. Will weaken you I should say. Because whether you like it or not, you're fellowship with, with someone at all times, your fellowship with your family, your fellowship with your fellowshipping with your, your colleagues or your subordinates or whoever you're t- spending time and whoever you spend time with is always influencing you in some way or the other. So when you come into the house of the Lord and your fellowship with God's people who believe in the same things and have the same level of faith, you're encouraged. And you begin to interact with people that are stronger in faith. They infuse something into you. That's why you cannot neglect the fellowshipping of the saints together. Hallelujah. The Bible says when they were all, in 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 the early days when the church was birthed, they came together in houses and they fellowship together. They built they were built up in fellowship. Say Amen. Yes. Fellowship is important, both in the in the larger context because in those days they went and met in Solomon's temple and then they also met in houses. That's why life groups are important. We need fellowshipping with the right kind of people, the company. The company is a people that know and believe God as you do, and they're helping you to grow stronger in the Lord. Say Amen, someone. Yes. Amen? All right, let's, let's continue with this. Now, these guys, we're, we're talking about radical rest, and I said that we, we went into Hebrews chapter 3, okay, and um, we looked at a few things in Hebrews chapter 3, and I want to pick up from there. All right. <clears throat> okay, let's pick up from here. She, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, chapter 3, last The last verse. So we see they were not able to enter into His rest. God wants every one of us to enter into His rest. Hallelujah. Rest means not being without work. Rest means to be in a place where you're not stressed. That means there is a level of confidence it's going to happen. It doesn't mean you, don't, you cease from working. God rested. That doesn't mean God stopped working. There is a sense of it is done. You're not anymore under pressure. You're not anymore under stress. Okay? They could not enter into His rest because of what? Unbelief. All right. Chapter 4, and I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, the message they heard did not benefit them. The message they heard did not benefit them. Jesus said, he that hath ears, let him hear. So when you listen to the word of God, when you're studying the word or you're reading your Bible, please always pray, God, open my ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Because you can hear, what did I say? I think it was Friday I, I was talking about. You can hear, but not understand. And if your understanding is unfruitful, then your heart will not be converted. And if a heart is not converted, the Bible says he cannot heal you. If only they can hear and understand, see and perceive, they will be converted and I would heal them. So what is stopping the manifestation of God's glory or God's benefits and God's blessings in your life? Your lack of understanding and perception. Are you with me, everybody? That's why I said, what you need is not luck, you need light. When light comes, light, the, the, the light from the Lord comes, he brings illumination. Your understanding becomes fruitful. Praise God. Your perception becomes sharper. You begin to pick up what the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. So when I'm listening to the word of God, I cannot be multitasking. I, so many people are in the church, but they're waiting for a phone call from somebody that said they would call them at 9.15. And they're in the service. And they're waiting for the phone call. The focus is on the phone call. They should be arrived. They should be receiving at nine fifteen, not what the preacher is saying. Somebody talk to me. And then, or they're listening to the word, and suddenly there is a little thing on your phone. It's a message. Now you're you you're wondering, is anybody watching me? Uh, you know, uh, and so you, you. But there's an urge to see what the message is. So you're multitasking. You cannot listen to and hear the voice of God. When you come in, shut everything down. Open your spiritual ears. Everything can take a back seat. That's not that important. Amen. You must focus to say, Lord, what is that word? He said, you shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walking in. Can you hear that voice? Do you have that Confirmation. Do you know that this is the voice of God? That you cannot realize and cannot come to that confident position unless you're focused and you're able to pick up what the Lord is saying. You have to have your ears open. Say Amen. Amen. So when they heard the message, they heard it, but they did not benefit it. It did not benefit them. Because it did not move them... To act in faith. When the word comes, watch this. When the word comes, and you're listening to this word, so many have come and said, Pastor, after we have heard the word on tithing, we started practicing it, and now look what the Lord has done. We are in this position just because we started doing, we started sowing. What happened? When they received the word, Watch what I'm trying to say. When they receive the word, the word caused them to take action. If you're only listening to the word and not acting on the word, you're deceiving yourselves. If you're only receiving the word and not acting on it, it means you're not mixing the word with faith. Mixing the word with faith means to act on it. Because you will be, not act because somebody else acted, but you act because you believe it. So it's an automatic reaction. The word will birth something in you. So when they received it, they did not profit. The word they received did not profit them because they were not, not stirred and spurred to act on it. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. Although, watch this. Although his works, the works of God, had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. The works are already done. And God is waiting for somebody to believe his completed work. Are you ready to believe? It's not enough to say, I believe, I believe, I believe. Believing always requires action. It's not something that I force myself to do it. It's an automatic reaction. I know that knowing comes inside you. That confidence comes inside you. And that motivates you to move forward. Say Amen. So, let's do a little study on faith. I know we've done, uh, it's been a long time since we studied the subject of faith. So, I'm going to take you through something. What is faith? Faith is a deep conviction. Write that down. It's a deep conviction Confidence, a proof. These are three words. A conviction, confidence, and proof. Now, I'm going to read from the amplified version and I want to, to follow this. Maybe you can put it on the screen. Amplified version. Now, faith is the assurance. Somebody say assurance. Means what? I'm sure about it. There are no second thoughts about it. There is no doubt about it. I'm assured. Hallelujah. I said I'm assured. Amen? Amen. I have... Now, faith is an assurance, the confirmation, so it's a confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. I am assured that I have a title deed, but do I have something in my hands to prove it? No. Because this whole transaction that we're talking about, walking and living by faith, is initiated in the spiritual realm. It starts in the spiritual realm. Faith is not of the mind. Faith is of the spirit. Remember, you are a spirit before you are a body. You are a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. So faith is a spiritual action. Okay? Faith is a confirmation, a title deed of things we hope for, being the proof. Somebody shout proof. Faith is the proof of what we do not see. And... The conviction of the reality. So there is assurance. These are important words assurance, confirmation, proof, conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I know, but I don't have any proof in the natural world to prove it to anybody. But I don't have to prove it to anybody. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. The best example is salvation. You haven't seen Jesus. You haven't seen him hanging on the cross. You haven't seen his back split open and bloodshed. But you're convinced. You're assured there's a confirmation. To the point that you're willing to lay down your life for it. Somebody talk to me. There is a conviction. Where would you go after you... Leave the planet, this planet, where would anybody go if they believe in Jesus? Have you been to heaven? But you have a conviction. When at a funeral, what do we say? We're going to see them again. Based on what? Did you go there? Did you have a visitation? Did you visit that place? No. Based on what? Conviction. And you have that conference. So we have that hope. We will meet with them. We will see them. Because it's in the Word. God said so. So I take God at His word. That's faith. So when we receive God's word, we got to mix it with faith, which means I need to act on that word if I believe it. It's not trying to believe. It's a conviction. I know. And when there is no evidence, you still say, I know. Because the evidence initially is not in the realm of the senses, but in the realm of the spirit. Amen? All right, let me take you to a couple more scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, this is what it says. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of the verse, but I want to draw something to your attention. Faith brings assurance. Look at that. Faith, are we here? All right. Yeah, true heart. In full assurance of faith... Faith is what brings what? Assurance. Glory to God. NIV. I mean, I don't know what version that is, but the NIV version reads like this. Full assurance that faith brings. So, faith also delivers something. When faith comes, it delivers assurance to you. Are you with me, everybody? There is that confidence that comes. Let me show you another scripture. Hebrews, um, okay, let me read from the Amplified Version and let's see what it says. It says, unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith. Which means what? Engendered means to give birth, to bring forth, okay? So faith brings forth a couple of things. Unqualified assurance and absolute conviction. Say amen. amen. So faith is something. I want you to get this. Faith is in the spirit, but it's something that is alive. Faith is alive. Because when faith comes, watch this. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says what? Faith some, come on, come on, come on. Faith, no, no, just no, no. Oh no, don't give me the entire scripture. Faith, that's it. Stop. When I say come, you will come. You will walk. Come. That means you have to be alive. It's not a dead thing. Faith is not dead. Faith is alive. Somebody talk to me. Faith cometh. So when I'm hearing the word, something has to cometh. That's wrong English, but I know what it is. Faith comes. That's what I should say, right? But I like it this way. Faith cometh. When I hear the word and you walk away from the service saying, That was a good sermon. You wasted your time. Oh well, not really, but in some sense. (laughs) Because you learn something, but the real important thing is when I'm listening to the word, something must come. And when faith comes, he doesn't come alone. Faith comes with two things: full assurance and conviction. Come on, church, you with me this morning? So when I'm when you're listening to the word concerning healing, and you say, Pastor, I've heard that message ten times you got to listen again because it has not yet birthed that full conviction in you. You're not in a position to mix that faith with works or mix that word with faith. So you got, we got to listen to it as long as it takes for us to, be, to come to a place of conviction. So what are the two things? We said the two things are full assurance, unqualified assurance, glory be to God. I know that I know that I know. You know, so many of you say, Pastor says my email address is Millionaire Merlin, and so some of you will copy and say, I'm Millionaire this. (laughs) By just doing that, it's not gonna happen. There was a conviction in her heart that one day when she got that, she came singing aloud and didn't care who was listening in the parking lot. This was in Chicago. She just walked out of the church and began to sing, I'm a millionaire. And she was I mean, sometimes, let me run, I I feel embarrassed. Why? Because my faith at that point is not at her level. Faith will actually cause you to be embarrassed because it brings mockery from the people that don't understand faith. She didn't care. And people were listening. And so one, one lady, I think she agreed with her. So now when people see what God has done in her life, they try to copy it. Nothing wrong with copying, but copying is not going to produce the result. First, you have to be convinced. Full assurance. Unqualified assurance. I am healed by His stripes. I am blessed. I am rich. I will not lack even if there is famine all around me. COVID cannot touch me. Are you convinced? We're not talking about being convinced in the mind. We're talking about being convinced over here. Did you hear that testimony of that? Couple that stood up this morning, what did they say? He's working for a pharma company. Every day they confess the, conf- uh, the confession of uh, COVID confession and Psalm ninety one. Why? Not as a religious exercise, but declaring, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so: It shall not touch me; it shall not come nigh my dwelling." A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. That's the conviction I need to have. Not because I've been vaccinated. Are you with me? Thank God for all that medicine does. But our faith is not in medicine. Our faith is in the word of God. Medicine is like a supplement. Because some people are, we are all at different levels of faith, right? We're growing everybody. So nobody can look down on somebody and be snobbish about it. No, I mean, I'm I'm better than you. No, it's there. Everybody is still working on their own faith and growing in their faith. So don't look down on anybody for anything, but encourage them to become stronger in their faith. So I'm not criticizing anybody for anything. I'm saying, come on, our conviction should not be based on an assurance given by man, but our conviction should be based on what? You know, so many of us are willing to invest in the stock market. Why? Because they say 15 to 18%. But he also says, there's a disclaimer. You can lose everything. Yet we take the risk of investing. Wait. But we don't take the risk of sowing or returning the tithe. Although God says 630, 60 600, no stock market is promising 30% result. The reason you're not tithing is you have not, you're not fully convinced. It's a lack of faith. If you truly believe what the Lord's word says, if the, what the Bible says, you will never go back or try to evade or try to find ways of how not to tithe. Correct? It's unqualified assurance. I know. Because I tithe, I am walking under an open heaven. Hallelujah. We complain about tithing. I was doing a little study here or there a little bit, you know, and I found out that when Moses instituted tithing, And all the different types, it's very confusing, to be very honest. It's not easy to understand all the different types of tithes they had. It is estimated that by the end of the year, every Jew would have returned at least a minimum of 23% of their income to God. Not 10%. 10% was to the temple. But another 10% and other things were for other works that God wanted, the orphans the widows, the other works that God wanted. It was not for the building. Building projects were again different. So they gave over and above 23%. Then I sat back and said, well, probably this is the reason why Jews are so blessed. <laughs> they practiced that. 23%. Some are complaining about 10% in the church. And they wonder why they're lacking. When you don't do something that the Lord's Word is requiring you to do, it's simply because you don't have the full assurance that it will work for you. So what is faith? Unqualified assurance and absolute conviction which is engendered or birthed by faith. Hallelujah. So faith cometh. So I need to listen to the Word, not just for inspiration. Come on, Amen. Not just to feel good, but the word that I listen must cause me to profit. The word I receive must build something in me. Are you all listening? All in agreement? It should cause me to act based on full assurance and strong conviction. So when you're listening to the word, listen carefully. And don't listen to any. There are people who call themselves pastors or evangelists. And if you watch them, and I don't, I hear about them. (laughs) They spend their entire 20 minutes or half an hour on YouTube criticizing other ministries, talking bad about other men of God. I have not seen in the Bible that kind of ministry mentioned by God. I don't know how call them into that ministry and why they do that. And if you lend your ear to those kind of people, your faith is not going to become strong. You're going to be polluted and corrupted inside. There are, there are men you need to listen to and men you should never listen to. You should have the discernment to know simply because somebody is famous out there doesn't mean you should listen to them. You should have the discernment to know who to listen to that will inspire your faith. Something has to happen in your life as a result of listening to what that man is conveying or that woman is conveying. There has to be maturity. There has to be growth. There has to be a stirring that will cause you to walk in a certain direction in life that produces results that is bringing blessings to people all over. Amen. So don't waste your time. You don't have all the time in the world. You have so many different things that you are responsible for. You have limited time to listen to the word. Choose the right time messages to listen to the right men and women of god that you should listen to don't listen to people that are just criticizing other ministries whether they're right or wrong it's none of my business because god has called me not into a ministry of judgment but god said he has called us into a ministry of reconciliation we're not yet in the seat of judgment yes we will judge angels but not yet are you with me everybody So don't waste your time listening to... The moment you hear somebody saying that, flip over. Go to somewhere else. You're not going to gain anything by listening about the bad things or evil things concocted or maybe real about other men of God. Everybody is human and everybody makes mistakes. Nobody is Jesus here. Correct? So what, what joy do you get to hear about some man of God that fell or did something that was not right? Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it was not intentional. Maybe it was blown up. Maybe he was framed. But you draw your own conclusions listening to one voice that is criticizing this person. Hey, you don't have to listen to everybody. You don't have to agree with anybody. Whoever is speaking, if it does not resonate with your spirit, flip over. There are hundreds of thousands of pastors in the world today. But there's only one shepherd for you. The one that is God Almighty. And over this flock, I'm your shepherd. And I need you to listen to what I have. I don't believe God puts words in my mouth or in my heart that are applicable to people around the world first, but for you first and then everywhere else. He knows what your needs are. He knows what you need to hear. He knows your challenges. So when He puts a word in my heart to deliver, it's mainly to feed you. My platform at this moment is not the world. This is my platform. To minister to you first. To the congregation that gathers together in the name of King's Temple under the name of Jesus Christ whether in person or online. But that's, my assignment is first to you, then to the rest of the world. That's why when initially the television thing was going, I mean, as new in, in the Christendom, and especially over here in, in, in our city and in our state, uh, where many people were saying, you must be on television, you must be on television. I said, listen, no, I'm not here trying to crave a name over here. I'm not convinced. I don't think I need to be on television. Then some of my uh, pastors said, "You know, this word has to go out." I said, "Okay, well, let me tell you something." And that at that time they were saying, "You have to go to the studio, and uh, they will record your messages, and they will play." I said, "Let's forget it, please." I'm not an artist, and it's not easy for me just to speak into the camera. Now I've learned to do that. But at that time, it was not easy for me. And I said, listen, I can't fake it. It's very difficult. Without having people in front of me, I can't. I said, listen, I'll do it with one condition. I said, "Whatever, whatever I'm preaching in the church, if you can capture that and relay it on the television, that'll be fine. They said, okay. And then I agreed to it. Amen. So listen to the Word of God that comes from the mouth of your shepherd first. Now filter it. When you listen to others, filter that through this teaching. There are filters. You all know filters, right? So when you listen to other men of God, I'm not saying, and they contradict what we're teaching here. Red flag. Why? Because this is where you're being raised in the faith. If I'm teaching anything that's contrary to the word of God, I will never insist you to believe what I'm saying. Whatever I preach, go check with the word of God and see if it is real and true. Only then follow it. But don't don't just go run after all these new fad revelations that people talk about. People have been deceived. Have gone off the course. Because I believe those men that were teaching, they were teaching in the context of where they were and to their church. But the world... Around was not at the level or the understanding at which their church was. And that could have caused problems. I don't want to name anything, anybody, but I can give you examples. It is hurtful. Churches have been destroyed because of somebody else teaching something that does not resonate with what is being taught in that church. You've got to be careful. Your pastor may not be the most learned but he's your shepherd. Your father may not be as educated as your professor, but he's your father. Come on, church. Wise up. Understand what it is to walk by faith. A full assurance and conviction must be birthed as the result of listening to the Word of God. He said they could not enter into that rest. Why? Because of unbelief. Okay. He said, faith is what? Proof, right? It's proof. But this proof is not in the sense realm. It's not in the world of the senses. Faith, watch this. In the natural realm... I know this is a glass that's holding water in it. How do I know this? By sight. In the spirit world, your eyes see. But your eyes do not see like your natural eyes. They perceive. Perception is a spiritual faculty. So, faith enables me to perceive what is not real as real. Faith is not living in denial. Watch this. Please listen carefully. You know, the doctor says you're sick. No, I'm not sick. You're sick. No, I'm not sick. That's not faith. That's denial. (laughs) See... The fact of the matter is your body is sick. But my faith gives me the conviction that although my body is sick and it's a fact, the truth says I was healed by his stripes. What is seen is temporal, which means temporary. What is unseen is eternal. So what do I do? I don't deny the report of the doctor. I replace it or superimpose that with the truth. And I establish the truth in my body. I say, body, don't accept this. It's, it's a fact, but don't accept it. Yes, you're weak, you're this, that, whatever. But the Bible says, I was healed by his strength. So I'm going to receive that and I'm going to superimpose that. My conviction is based on what he said. Now, it doesn't happen if I just do it once. I'm going to build something. Hallelujah. It's a a battle that I have to enter into because the enemy is trying to keep me from possessing my inheritance. So he is going, listen, the devil is the master of the sense world. The devil is the master in this. He's got got what? The God of this world. So he dominates the sense realm. So I have to overcome that by the realm of the spirit. I have to receive the word and I have to superimpose that. I have to negate this and I say, body, line up with what God says. Now, when you're sick, this is for all of us including me. How many really like to pray when you're sick? You don't like to, right? And that's why we thank God for fellowship. Others come to help and pray for us. We need that. We need that. Somebody comes and they pray and they encourage us. And then we were like this. Pray. Pray. Come on, pray. But then somebody comes. There are four or five people come and they start praying. And they start singing. And something begins to stir inside. Hallelujah. That's why we need fellowship. We need people who love us. People who care for us. And pray with us. Encouraging us. Hallelujah. So I have to understand. Faith is not of the natural sense realm. It is of the spiritual realm. My spirit has to be activated to capture the truth. And now, because I'm convinced, hallelujah, I declare it. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. The entire period, this gentleman worked in the pharma company. He kept speaking the word. Praise God for divine protection. Divine protection is your inheritance, but it will not manifest if you don't mix it with faith. The word has to be mixed with faith. Why is it that somebody can go right in the middle of a pharma company among people that are sick and not feel false, sick like them? Because they are strong and convinced, even if the symptoms show up, I will not let them take over. Hallelujah. And for some reason, you let the guard down and you have been declared you have that problem. Don't panic. Hallelujah. You can still beat it. And not only don't, you feel, don't panic, don't, get, don't feel guilty either. Yeah, because we all make mistakes. But that's not, that's not something we need to focus on. We need to focus on building our faith in the word. Hallelujah. Don't forget what I said. You can never win your battle with your mouth shut. You can never walk in divine protection with your mouth shut. You have to declare the word. The word is a weapon. And so, in the realm of the spirit, is where the first level of transaction takes place. He said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you received it, and then you shall have it. Mark eleven twenty four, 24, please. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Is this the King James? Okay. And you shall have them. You have to believe. See, he said, receive and then you shall have them. So where is the reception? Where are you receiving it first? In the realm of the Spirit. You capture it there. Whenever you pray... You know many times why prayers are not answered, because you not only pray with your mouth, you pray with your mind as well. And many times they contradict each other. Give me uh, Ephesians 320, please. Yeah. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we, come on, help me, ask or think. So two ways of praying. Do you know that when you're not actually praying with your mouth, you're praying with your mind as well? And God is listening to those prayers. So you say, Lord, heal me. And in the mind you're saying, so how is it going to be answered? Lord, give me a job. Yes, pastor, you release the word. God is listening to both. There's a contradiction. Where is faith? When these two agree. And it happens because you believe God's word. There may be no jobs out there. But Lord you said it. So I declare it with my mouth. That job is coming to me. Now in Jesus name. Oh. Do you know somebody? Yeah. Him. There is no job there. He can create one. Jesus. Hallelujah. Ask or think. Your thinking is also working in the spirit. See, thinking again. Watch this. Asking is in the realm of the senses. Thinking is in the realm of the spirit. So thinking is more powerful than your asking. That's why your imagination is so powerful. Wow, I, I don't know. I'm teaching myself this morning. <laughs> I, I never thought about all this. <laughs> Praise God.